0: The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and SART. These podcasts are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician. Welcome to SART Fertility Experts, a podcast that brings you discussions on important topics for people trying to build a family. Our experts are members of SART, The Society for Assisted Reproductive Technology, an organization dedicated to ensuring you receive quality fertility care. Hi, this is Dr. Paul Lynn. I am a reproductive endocrinology and infertility specialist at Seattle Reproductive Medicine and former past president of the Society of Assisted Reproductive Technology, or otherwise known as CERT. CERT is an affiliate society of the American Society of Reproductive Medicine. Or ASRM. Remember, IVF success starts with SART. Welcome to this week's episode of SART Fertility Experts entitled The Silent Journey: The Male Partner in the Struggle to Build a Family. My guest today is Mr. Dan Barker, who is the loving husband of my partner at SRM, Dr. Nicole Barker, another board-certified reproductive end- endocrinology and infertility specialist and father of two wonderful children after a long, arduous struggle with male infertility. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss the expectations of the, quote, silent partner in the infertility couple. Oftentimes, the struggle to get pregnant has been erroneously assumed to be an issue with the female partner and not so much with the male partner. Dan will discuss the male perspective and the ups and downs that oftentimes are not known or not talked about very often, since much of the focus is on the female partner. Great to have you here, Dan. Welcome. Yeah, thank you for having me. Glad to be here. You're welcome. All right, let's get into this. Um, Dan, uh, give me uh, a light intro into uh, who you are and how how why did you get into this podcast?
1: Yeah, uh, well... Uh, it- I, I live here in the Seattle area, <clears throat> south of Seattle. We've been here uh, since 2012. My wife and I moved out here from Ohio. So uh, we're, we're from the East Coast. And uh, yeah, I, I work at a tech company. Uh, I'm in product. And so, yeah, I, uh, as far as like getting into the, this podcast, you know, uh, with, with my wife being infertility uh, the male point of view has come up a few times. And so I've been happy to share my story. I think it's been, you know, I've had friends who've went through this journey and, and have read some of the things that I've put out there. I know we had a, a blog post on SRM, which I've had actually a lot of friends respond to and say, Hey, mm-hmm. you that, that, that article really helped me. Uh, there was some good info or what did you do? And can I, as we're starting this journey, what should I be thinking about? And, you know, I've been happy to share my, my story with folks and then hopes that, you know, it helps, or at least provides some way to understand. You know, at least one person's perspective.
0: Right. I think your insight is going to be invaluable. Uh, the many patients that are going to be hearing this. Uh, let's start at the beginning. I mean, kind of, how did it get going? How do you? How did, did you just go see your uh, your regular primary care doctor? Was something going on? What was the trigger points for you in this journey?
1: Yeah. For us, you know, we we got married a little later. I was in my 30s, and so. Uh, and my wife understands <laughs> all the details right around that. So we, we kind of knew like there might be some issues. So once we started where, when we got married, we wanted to have a family pretty quickly and we wanted to start that process. So when we did, we, we tried naturally for a while and things weren't really working. And we thought, let's just make sure all everything's good on my end, you know, just as like, almost like a, a, a preemptive thing. And and sure enough, uh, it ended up, we, we found out that, you know, it was, the fertility factor on my end was really a a challenge. It was a problem. Uh, and I was pretty shocked by all of that. So that's what really started our fertility journey. We wanted to have a family quickly. Um, we, 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 we just did a test on my end to see if what my counts were, they ended up being really bad. And then Mm -hmm. that's what kicked everything off uh, at that point. And that was in 2011 Mm -hmm. for us. Mm -hmm.
0: So you, you being a little bit of an older couple getting married later, you, you were pretty much proactive, uh, you know, if you were younger, what, when would you have done this kind of testing and stuff? If you had uh, looked back, when do you yeah, think you a know, guy should be uh, starting to think about, you know, maybe discussing, you know, how long do you try and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. You know, if I were younger, we probably would have tried naturally longer, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and, you know, I, I went into this process as a guy, you know, I, I don't, I have a part in the fertility journey is kind of easy, right? Like we just have a a simple part of it. And I thought for me, like it was easy to, to get pregnant. Like I grew up thinking, look, if you're going to have sex with someone, there's a really good chance that they're going to get pregnant. So be really, really careful about that. And that was inaccurate as I went into this process. So I learned, wow, you know, uh, even in really good, uh, cases and the best, you know, uh, situations it's, it can still be kind of hard. So, you know, I think it was a, we, we were fortunate that we went down those, that path and had those, those tests done pretty quickly, meaning we didn't wait two years or a year. We, we did it in a few months and right. it ended up helping us figure out how to take next steps that, that allowed us to have the outcome we did.
0: Right. So then when you found out that your sperm count was low, what, what were you emotionally feeling at that point? Was there failure? Was there disappointment or what was going through your head there?
1: Yeah, I, I, as a guy, I was pretty devastated, to be honest with you. I thought, you know, I always think of it like as a superpower that you have to use with extreme responsibility, right? I'm like, all right, it's time. I've been thinking about this since I was, you know, a, you know, w- w- when you're a teenager and you grow up and you learn about, uh, you know reproductive process and you think, oh, it can happen quite e- easily. And then you learn that, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily uh, have to happen. It doesn't happen that way. Sometimes um, y- y- you know, it, it, it can be a challenge. So I thought it was kind of a super part. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to have a family. I'm ready to start having kids and boom, now I'm not able to. So it was, it was pretty hard for me. So I, I think yeah. as a guy, you re- immediately go into fixed mode. Like, how can I fix this? What can I do? Like, all right. right. So that's where the, the this process, you know, I think as a guy, you go into fixed mode and you're just listening, like, what are my options? How can, what do I do? Where, when can I start? And that's kind of how right. I, I took it. Right. But yeah, it was, it was really hard for me.
0: Yeah. It's, it's super devastating. And I guess is kind of the main message there. Uh, so then, so then uh, sperm count low. How long did it take you to recover, and then when were you ready to? What was the next steps for you in terms of evaluation? Uh, Did your wife go through an evaluation, or did we get? You know, what was the
1: next steps for you? Yeah, if I remember correctly, this is going back to 2011. Um, We 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 knew that all right, we're going to go down the IVF path, and we started that, and we knew that you know it was I was the you know the factor, the main factor here, with my counts being low. So we thought, let's let's see what we can do. Uh, and you know that we did one one cycle there, and fortunately, like the, the percentages were extremely low. Mm-hmm. Like, and we IBS cycle and IBS yes. cycle there. Yeah, yeah, the IBS cycle. They were saying, you know, it's it's going to be it's unlikely, right? And so uh, we really didn't know what to expect, but we were fortunate enough to have that cycle actually work. And that's what started the journey with our first child, Annie, who was born in 2012. So, it was about um, I don't know, maybe maybe three or four months, if I remember correctly, as we went through that process. And then uh, Nicole, my wife, was able to get pregnant, and that's what started our journey. But we were very fortunate. But going into it, I was like, I, I know it's my fault. I, I, I'm and there's nothing I can do to to raise my my counts without some help. And so I, I really didn't know what to do. So. I was, uh, you know, I was pretty devastated about the news, but happy that, wow, we were able to, you know, have a good outcome after one cycle. So Mm -hmm. it's a very, it's a journey of like emotions and it's up and down. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: So, so in the beginning, sperm count low, what were, what were the kinds of options that you, that were, um, that were discussed with you in regards, so you you did an IVF cycle eventually, but was there any other options there available to you that were discussed with you? And, And why did you choose not to do or do them uh, what was the what you remember uh the side effects and what was what went into that decision
1: for for both of you yeah i know that there were other options out there based on what the factors were and because it was me and the counts were super low uh, it was can we get what we need from the male side to start this process and the, yeah. the chances of that were pretty low motility if I, correct me if i'm getting my terms wrong but like the motility but the counts were low and the motility was low so yeah you know they were like we think we can find a few that will work and let's see what happens and then you start to learn about this process it's like okay the guy you know uh i'm supplying the sperm to this process but then what's going to happen with my wife like my wife is going to go through this and you know she might have issues maybe there's problems over there. Fortunately for us, there were no major issues on her end. She was able to produce, uh, eggs and everything. And so at that point we were like, all right, let's give it a try. And I, I think if I remember correctly, we had like two, two good embryos that resulted from that. And that was it. And we were like, all right, let's see what happens.
0: Right. Were there any medications discussed with the very low sperm count that you had? Was there, um, testosterone or any of those type of things or, uh, a sperm aspiration, uh, a surgery where they removed the, 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 sperm from your, from your Tesco. Was there any discussion regarding that?
1: Yes, we did. They, they talked about, Hey, let's, let's do a cycle and see what happens. And if not, if that doesn't okay. work, there are these other things. And I'll be honest that the thought of that was like, Ooh, that sounds painful and not very fun, but I was like, you know, whatever we need to do. So we went into it, uh, knowing that if this doesn't work, you could take testosterone and get my, 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 uh, my counts up that way, Um, or I could have that surgery, which would be another really good option. So it was basically, let's go down the normal path first. And if that doesn't work, here's two or three options, you know, take some, take some medicine to help your T counts get up, or you could have the surgery, but let's go down the normal path first, see if it works and then go from there.
0: Yeah. Testosterone, uh, not necessarily a good idea, but mostly uh, Clomid and uh, uh, there's this uh, drug and then HCG are the other drugs, testosterone uh, just to let the audience know, uh, actually suppresses, uh, mm. sperm collection. So, um, uh, the Clomid and those type of drugs are, are, um, the option there. Um, and so- you're right. That's just, so you
1: know, that's, that's what I took. It was. Clomid. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Just to clarify that. But so, I uh, so you're married to a really famous, uh, doctor there and, you know, this is very daunting, uh, process. You just do- dove right in it. Uh, did, did you feel that having your uh, wife being an expert in this field actually made any difference for you emotionally or, or or anything like that? It's such a huge, I can anticipate such a huge guilt trip on your part. Uh, and she's having to do most of the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, was, what was that uh, uh, like for you?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think we were fortunate that she understands the process. So she knew what's what to expect going into it, but I would say it didn't make it any easier for us. And it didn't change the percentages of anything. Like just because she's a doctor, a fertility doctor and understands all of this, uh, the process still is what it is. Right. And I, it was, it, I was the male factor part. And so, you know, um, that, 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 that was a big part of this was, um, you know, how, how, how do we begin this process? And then as we get into this, what, what can I do? And then how, what is she going to have to do? And that's where you really start to learn, like, wow, to your point, the the female part of this is like, you know, it's pretty intensive. Like there's, you know, shots involved and the timing of things and, you know uh, you know, getting up and like really organizing your day around some of this stuff, it kind of changes your whole life. So it really had a huge impact on us. So there was a lot of pressure. Right. I'm like, man, I, I hope this works and I feel bad because my wife is going through uh, this process. I don't really have I don't have to take shots. I don't have to do anything. It's all revolved around her cycle and what's happening and the timing of things. So there's a lot of communication and coordination. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I think for me, I just wanted to make sure, you know, I'm supporting her in that. But, yeah, I feel pretty bad, to be honest. With you. I'm like, man, I'm not even there's nothing I can do. Kind of felt helpless sometimes.
0: Yeah. So uh, would, would guilt be a, a correct I mean, yeah. did that ever come across uh, your mind like, oh, my God, you know, uh, she's doing all the work and I'm here. The the cause of all this work. Uh, what, how did you manage that? I mean, that must have been terribly
1: emotional for you. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when you go through this, you, you start to understand. You know, I think women and men handle things differently, obviously, for the most part. And for me, you know, I was struggling and I was thinking about it all the time and I was worried and guilty about it but i didn't necessarily always show it so my wife kind of felt like are, are, you know do you even care about this like how how are you not like emotionally affected by this meanwhile she's like pretty emotional thinking about it a lot wanting to talk about it maybe she you know the 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 you know maybe she's crying out of nowhere for whatever reason and you're you're the husband you're like man what's babe what's wrong how can i help you know yeah there's. the, the, the emotional part of it is, is definitely a, a challenge. So um, that, you know, one of the things that it really brought us closer together as a part of this process was like, you know um, first off understanding what this journey really looks like. It's, it's pretty, but it's amazing miracle to get pregnant. Right. And this process is pretty amazing. And um, understanding the female part of it, I really, I grew an appreciation for this whole process with my wife and how strong she was, and her ability to get through things, and it really put me on. You know, I needed to be on point and just think about, all right, what am I emanating? Am I am I asking the right questions? Am I showing her that yes, I care? Or how am I doing that? But we often had these conversations where she say, "Babe, you don't even doesn't seem like you even care. Like, do you even care? Like, you don't seem emotional or anything." And I'm like, "Yeah, I am. I mean, maybe I just process things a little differently than she does." And so that's going to come out. I would say anyone on the journey just know. You know, depending on, you know, the, the, the situation you're in, your partner is going to have a different mechanism for for going through this. And just be aware of that and be cognizant of it because it's, uh, it's different for everybody.
0: I think that's a great point that you bring up, Dan. Uh, certainly, uh, resentment is a term that comes up a lot. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, thank God it worked out for you and Nicole. You became stronger together. But uh, certainly, was there challenges not to get too, too transparent about your, your interact? Was there challenges that resentment? Um, uh, did that ever build up? Uh, you know, guys and m- male and females, they process stress very differently. And mm-hmm. I would tell you, uh, most females are obviously very emotional. You don't, you know, we all know this and, and men are, are like, quote unquote, the silent partner and, and they mm-hmm. process and it's not that they don't care any less. I think they just process the stress uh, very differently. I mean, what do you think of, of that? Was that something that, that came up in your in your partnership with Nicole, that there was resentment sometimes and you would lash out at each other? Is that a common thing?
1: Well, I, I felt like she might resent me because it was my fault. So going back to what you said earlier, like the guilt part, absolutely. And, and what's really hard as a guy for me was like, I can't fix this. Like, I can't work harder. I can't go do something necessarily. I can take, so in this case, um, I didn't take any uh, Clomid before Annie was born, our first child, but after Annie was born and we were ready to have a second child, I had to take, you know, the the Clomid. So now it's like, okay, please work. So now there's more pressure there. So I'm like, I'm like okay, there's something that I can do, even though I'm not doing anything. I'm just taking the medicine, see what happens. But, yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, I hope this works. Because if not, it's going to be like, again, it's my fault. It's on my shoulder. So my worry was, I didn't want her to resent me, but I would say, you know, having, looking back on this, I think it would have been better if I would have just, just once in a while, let her know, like, Hey, I, I, I am feeling guilty. I am feeling a little bit, you know, ashamed in some cases about what's happening here. And I'm sorry, but just know that I love you. And I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to support you. And you know, I just hope you know that I care and I might not show it all the time. You know, I might, you know, for me, it was like I do other I go work out, I do other stuff. You might not hear it coming out of my mouth, but I, you know, if I had to go back and do it again, I, that, that's something that I think we learned is we as a guy, I need to let her know what I'm feeling so that she can at least know that, yes, I am feeling what she's feeling, and we should probably talk about it a lot more, to be honest, but um you know it's hard when you're going through it cuz you don't know you're new to the whole process
0: i think that's a great point uh, you know uh, it's a challenge for the male partner to communicate to their to their partner that um you know i care and stuff cuz it's just very difficult we we process we go to our man caves we work out we do whatever we do to to deal with the stress and i think it's a really good point for you, Dan, to bring that up to our audience, that uh, at times, you don't, they don't need a lot of interaction. They just need at <laughs> times, you know, that, that positive, Hun, I, I, I I'm dealing with this. I'm stressed just as much as you are. And I care about you. I love you. And those expressions are mean the world to the partner. And I think that's part of also, you, you, it sounds like you, if you had take one thing to do, if you had done it again that would have probably helped you to kind of relieve a lot
1: of your stress. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I had no one to really talk to because quite frankly, I didn't want anyone to know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah, Hey, I'm having fertility issues. Can we talk about this? Like, that's not yeah. really something I'm going to bring up to anyone, even like my parents, you know, I was like, I don't even want to talk about it to anybody. So yes, that's, you're absolutely right. You know, I think what I learned, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot more people going through this than what you realize. And so, um, yeah, reaching out and, you know, connecting with someone, you know, podcasts like this or anything like, you know, consuming things, hearing from other people, their journeys. I think that's helpful. But in the end, you're right. You need to be able to express what you're feeling with your partner.
0: Do, do you think that, I mean, it's not in a guy's, you know, DNA to start seeking counseling, but do you think that would have helped along the way or, it you know, something that's uh, probably just. This is who we are. This is the male side of the journey. Do you think that would have helped at all?
1: Well, uh, that's a great question. I, I don't know. Pro- it, it probably would have. Yes. Um, I think now that I've been through it, I can go back and say, yeah, this is, this would have probably helped. But again, I was in guy fix it mode. So it was almost like, it, it sounds counterintuitive or right? like I'm in fix it mode, but I, I don't want to go to counseling that's actually maybe what you should do and just have a way to get it out. Because again, our journey, we were fortunate. We our IVF cycle, the first and the second one worked. Uh, But, you know, but there was a time lapse there where, you know, we were going through some tests and maybe a few things didn't work in between that we were trying to get to the point of, you know, being able to have an embryo and everything that maybe didn't work out. And so there's a lot of time there. So you just need to be cognizant of the time. And, you know, the longer that goes, you don't really realize it, but you, you're going through your fertility journey. You're still going to work, right? You still have work stress. You still have family stress or whatever else is going on in your life. This just adds to that. So just be aware that this is going to, you know, this is new and it's going to be hard for both you and your partner. So, you know, talk about it, you know, if, even if it's once a week, just talk about it. And I think that'll help for sure.
0: Yeah. I think that's a good point. Uh, a couple i just wanted to bring up as we finish off here but uh, a couple pain points that a lot of men kind of struggle with the sperm analysis that how you know that's a tough that's a tough gig can you can you be as transparent as you can be about that process did it was it scary was it embarrassing can can you just tell tell about the the test itself and and what were the challenges there and, and what went wrong and what went right on that? I'm sure it's not a perfect process.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm not going to lie. The first time I had to go and give a sample, I was like, what am I doing? Like what, how is this going to work? You know, cause now you're taking something that you, you might do in private and now you're doing it as a part of a process and everyone knows what you're doing and there's pressure there. Uh, and, you know, it's something that as a guy i could easily do in my sleep you know like i feel like it's it's super easy for me to do this but now it's it's actually kind of hard i'm like the pressure's on like i need to produce this isn't just about me this is about okay what's going to what's going to result from this and is it going to be good enough and is it going to allow us to move forward and if not i had to come back and do multiple you know samples so it wasn't once or twice it was like three or four times i had to do it and it was awkward and weird. Uh, I'm not going to lie. You know, it's it's not a natural thing to have to do. So, you know, it was a kind of a hit to my pride. I'm like, man, this is my fault again. Here I am. I'm like, and now I have to produce. So it, there's pressure there, right? It's almost like it's game day. You're part of this process happens today and it better be good because otherwise nothing's going to work. And I'm like, man, this is a lot of pressure. So
0: So then all those, all those emotions that you're, that you're feeling
1: anyways are then compounded by the sperm collection itself. Exactly. I mean, you've got to go and, you know, finish the the deed, if you will. And you're in a, you know, you're, you're in a, you're not in your bedroom, you're not in your house. It's just different. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, um, it's a a little awkward.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a little challenge. Um, but uh, and then did was artificial inseminations, IUI treatment, was that ever discussed with you from a patient standpoint or was your sperm just not, not a candidate? Were you told some criteria as to why that wasn't uh, your situation? Why wasn't that medically indicated?
1: We did talk about that. I can't remember why we didn't go down that path. I, I vaguely remember it being because of my count being so low. Yeah. Uh, I think that was the reason why, but we did discuss that and quickly took it off the table. So there
0: was a, there's a criteria generally around five to 10 million sperm uh, to even make uh, artificial inseminations a practical outcome for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, you know, when you compare IVF with this artificial inseminations, this chance of success and live birth rates are so much more successful for IVF. Not that IVF um, is applicable in every single scenario, but um, usually the sperm count and then, and then Nicole was, she was good on her end, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All her numbers, uh, that, that could be, you know, if you have a minimum of five to 10 million, uh, sperm per, per, uh, CC, uh, and then the woman's, you know,
1: are, are of a reasonable age and numbers are good. Artificial inseminations, uh, can play a role. So I'm going to be honest, this, this yep. is another factor for the male side that made it really hard for me. So, you know, I think about things as a scoreboard, am I winning or am I losing sometimes? Right. And so we're, we're thinking through factors, like here's the options you have. Well, here's one option that might be pretty good, but guess what? Your counts are so low, we can't even do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are you serious? So it, it added to the pressure and kind of the, you know, the guilt. And then on the other end of it, you know, Nicole is, 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 is in a really good place. Like she's very fertile, I guess. And so here I am now it's, yeah. it's all on me. So yeah, it, that, that added to another layer of uh, pressure. I would say that uh, made it, made it a challenge.
0: Yeah. Would, would you have rather had Nicole have some issues Would that have helped a bit or would that have compounded uh, the issue?
1: You know what, being that we were f- really fortunate to have two good outcomes and we have two beautiful children. I would say, no, I would never want it. Cause I think to be honest, even though it was really hard for me and my process is actually pretty simple. I think in my mind, it's like, I, I need to, you know, I'm producing sperm. It needs to be modal here's the counts, but with female factor, it's, there's a lot more at play. There's a lot, it's harder. And I've had friends and family have went through that. And, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into that, that could be playing into the outcome. And on the female side, it's, it's harder. And so I think that would add to the stress for her and the process. So I'm actually, in retrospect, I'm glad it was me. And mm-hmm. I'm, we were fortunate to have a, a two good outcomes. So,
0: well, that's an interesting perspective. Thank, Thank you. Where as we finish up here, Dan, do you is there anything that I should have asked that you wanted to communicate to our audience who are dealing with the infertility uh, issue, whether it's male or, or or not factor? Is there anything else that you would uh, want to advise, uh, being being having gone through it?
1: Yeah. Well, I think the other partner in this is that we haven't talked about is your doctor, and I know this. From two angles, my wife being the doctor, but understanding that we had our own fertility doctor. It wasn't Nicole. So there's really three people involved typically, or, you know, there's a couple and then your doctor. So just know, I think one of the things that I would say is that you're all in this together. And I can tell you, you know, from my experience with Nicole and uh, her practice and her deep care for, for her patients, that a lot of the doctors who are working in this field are, are working really hard to help families have good outcomes. And it's hard. The the numbers are, you know, it's not a guarantee. Some people want to know, is it, you know, is it going to happen? Yes or no. It's not binary. So just know your doctor's working really hard and you guys are a team. Um, And there's going to be points where you're frustrated and maybe you don't understand what's happening and you feel like you need more answers and that adds to the stress. But um, I would just say, you know, think about, you know, just supporting each other in the journey, and everyone's journey is a little different. Uh, and just know that everyone, you know, that your doctor wants a good outcome for you. Uh, they care about this process, and you know, um, just you know, know that they have the best intentions to help. And everyone's a little different in that regard.
0: Well, being a, being a fellow physician and having the wonderful experience of working with Dr. Barker, thank you for those comments. I think we all are on the same team. I think patients and doctors, we, we go down ups and downs with you. We just, you know, again, express it in a very different fashion sometimes because mm-hmm. we are so busy. But uh, Dan, thanks for your time. I appreciate all your words of wisdom. Um, it's great. I hope that uh, there's if it's a difference in one person's life, uh, what you've said, I think we've made a made a, a huge
1: impact. Thank you, Dan. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to SART Fertility Experts, your resource for information on IVF. If you found this podcast useful, please like us on your favorite social media platform and tell your friends about us. For more family building resources, visit www.sart.org/patient-information
1: or www.reproductivefacts.org.